1037, now we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to get to politics now. I told you this story a little bit at the beginning of the show, but if you just tuned in, politics can be a very, very bloody game, as you know. Uh, when races get uh, tight, uh, well, ge- generally speaking, those who are in the lead have targets on their back more so than ever before. I think Mike uh, Gibbons is finding that out. I want to read to you just a very brief portion of a letter that has been put out by uh, 20 local lead clergymen, as it's described, in an email put out by my friends at the Ohio Value Voters Organization. I really uh, am a strong supporter of Ohio Value Voters. John Stover and Diane Stover, really great people, really strong values that I support as well. Now, they have endorsed in this race Josh Mandel. I am not issuing an endorsement in this race. Uh, but they have endorsed Josh Mandel, and they have forwarded this week a letter again written by the pastors challenging the conservative pro-life principles of now the new leader in the polls, Mike Gibbons. Mike has overtaken Josh Mandel in uh, certain polls. And I want to read this before we bring Mike in to respond. According to Bucyrus pastor J.C. Church, quote, Mike Gibbons appears to be an unproven candidate with a track record of pro-choice statements who echoes the liberal mentality, or excuse me, the liberal media's views on the 2020 election. What is more concerning is Gibbons has already put $11 million in an attempt to buy a U.S. Senate seat and is seeing his poll numbers increase. Ohio Republican primary voters should be aware of his record and question whether he truly knows where he stands on the serious on issues important to conservatives in the Buckeye State. The pastors point out, as a first-time candidate in 2017, Mike Gibbons indicated he was pro-choice. When asked his position on abortion as a Senate candidate in 2017, they write, Gibbons first stated on social issues that he is pro-people, which uh, who is not dogmatic. Given a chance to clarify his remarks the next day, Gibbons solidified his personal position, claiming he, he personally is opposed to abortion, but he is not a woman and would not choose for them. So this went out on uh, Tuesday, and uh, yesterday I had several people forward it to me and ask me, Bob, what does this mean? Uh, I'm a Gibbons supporter, but now I don't know. I asked Mike Gibbons yesterday for comment, and he was willing to give me a comment live and on the air. So now we bring uh, Senate candidate uh, Mike Gibbons to uh, AM 1420, The Answer, once again. Mike, it's good to have you back. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me, Bob. Uh, Uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) As I mentioned to you yesterday (laughs) off the air, yeah, hold on one second, Mike. Let me just get a quick question. And as I mentioned yesterday off the air, this is newsworthy because of two reasons. Number one, this particular email that was sent out by Ohio Values voters on behalf of the clergy was followed by another email yesterday announcing 114 Ohio clergy members endorsing Josh Mandel. So this is kind of, it looks like a a coordinated effort between the Mandel campaign and the Ohio Value Voters Organization that has endorsed him, taking a shot at you now as the front runner in this race. So uh, as I asked you yesterday, um, as I mentioned yesterday, rather, there are there are voters who have said, Bob, I don't know what to think now. And so I would just like you to clarify the 2017 yeah, remarks sure. that were referenced here and clarify to all Ohio voters who may be hearing this, Mike Gibbons, what is your official stand when it comes to issues of pro-life and pro-choice? Sure. Uh, I'm 100% pro-life, Bob. I always have been. My whole life I've been that way. I've expressed... Uh, uh, that is my position my entire adult life. In fact, even before I was an adult, uh, because I was pro-life before they call it pro-life. 
Um, I have I have one problem uh, running for office, and, and uh, although I think that's why I'm leading in the polls, and it's not some polls, uh, by the way. Every single public poll that has now come out uh, has reflected uh, that we've taken the lead, and, and frankly, the lead is growing. But um, and, and I think it's for just the kind of reasons we're going to talk about right now. People are tired of of you know political underhanded uh, moves by career politicians that uh, uh, that they have to find something in, to attack you on, and so if they don't have anything, they make it up. Now I I had an interview uh, in 2017, and uh, and and I have kind of a, a first of all I'm 100 percent pro life without exception. And my dogmatism comes from, whether I'm dogmatic or not, reflects the fact that uh, I was told that's dogmatic, and I said it's not dogmatic. I'm not dogmatic. That's uh, that's my, mor- uh, my 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 opinion based on my morals. And and uh, and all of a sudden I'm not dogmatic now. I, I, I and I don't consider myself dogmatic. I make ju- judgments based on what's right and what's wrong. The uh, uh, I was involved in an interview where I was talking about mothers, and uh, and it was literally the first interview I ever gave after I announced my candidacy in 2017, and and uh, it, it, and this is this stems from my personal life, uh, my personal experience. Uh, my mother was adopted. I didn't know about it until I was 12 years old, and uh, and I found out about. Uh, I found out about it when my grandmother got older and had dementia and mentioned when she just said the words, uh, when we adopted your mom and, and I, it came as a shock to me. I went home and and, uh, confronted my mom with it. And and she said, well, Mike, I didn't want you to know. And I said, well, why not? And she said, uh, well, I didn't want you to think differently about your grandparents. And I guess I was uh, knowledgeable enough at that that age to say, why would I ever think differently? I, you know, I love my grandparents. They were they were incredibly important in my life. We lived we lived on West Seventy Seventh in the top of a double, and they lived next door. And and I was with them every day. They were incredibly supportive of me as a as a kid, loving grandparents beyond belief. And, and I never could have changed my opinion. I didn't care about anything, but I was. Uh, at least knowledgeable enough at that point to say, Mom, they didn't have to adopt you. And my mother was a super Catholic. Um, she, she's, you know, uh, very much involved in, in uh, you know, in, in, in every aspect of the, of the Catholic religion, and she somehow associated her being adopted with sinfulness. And she was very embarrassed of it, and if she was alive today, I probably would never even say something like this because she would not very, be very happy with me, but my mother was a great person and a, a very moral and supportive, supportive of me and the family. She's, she's a prototype, perfect mom. And, uh, but she and I had a good bit of disagreement over this and over, over talking to my mom and arguing with her about these issues, I discovered that one of the great causes of abortion in America is the situation that young girls are put in where where they're young, they're young and married and, pre- and become pregnant and they're then stigmatized they're told you must have the baby but by the way you're a bad girl and and i you know tried to be empathetic i guess or i was empathetic and i thought 
well, I wouldn't want to have to tell my parents that I was pregnant when I was 15 years old and, and, and kind of put myself in their position. I realized that we need to help these girls. We need to change hearts and minds. So I'm very much supportive of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and Casey, and and uh, and and I think it's you know going to save lives. Even if it saves one life, I'd be in support of that. But but it's just the beginning. We need, and and I think a lot of this is now is now happening. I think a lot of people feel the way I feel. But if we're ever going to reduce abortion in America to the levels we'd like to reduce it to zero, but uh, if we could reduce it substantially by paying attention to these young girls in this situation, supporting them, helping them tell their parents, helping them, helping their parents realize that they don't want to encourage uh, through stigmatization or, 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 you know, some negative feeling toward their, toward their daughter in a way that would encourage abortion. And, and, what these young girls face has to be addressed, and and we have to support these young girls. And consequently, I've always been very supportive of uh, of pregnancy centers and pregnancy counseling, and and I've focused most of my contributions over my life in that direction. I've given to pro life causes and and uh, and have supported pro life uh, organizations, but I've really had a, paid special attention to you know, pregnancy centers, and that's where, you know, the, the pro-people thing came from. Um, you know, I literally, when, when I was I talked to the reporter, she said, well, you sound like you're more interested in the mothers than the, than the babies. And I, and I said, well, last I heard, those are, those are the people making the decision, and we need to, we need to change their hearts and minds. Um, but you can distort so, anything somebody says. Yeah, and, you, you uh, really can. Mike, let me jump in because I want to get a few follow-ups in here to, to what you're saying. Uh, first of all, yes. going, back, going back to the issue of dogma, what your clarification is then when uh, this whole question about uh, dogma and being dogmatic came up by the reporter and by this uh, in this uh, letter by clergy who have endorsed Josh Mandel, who I had on yesterday, by the way, um, what you're saying is, is that your pro-life beliefs are your own, not because you're forced to believe that because of your church. Absolutely. It's not Absolutely. It's not religious dogma that forces you to be pro-life because, hey, if I'm a Catholic, I have to be that way. You're saying it comes from inside of yourself, not from the church. Yes. Yes, and as I discover, I've got five kids, Bob, and, and as I talk to, to many mothers, they all went to Catholic uh, grade school and high school. Uh, you know, the girls went to Magnificat. The boys went to St. Ignatius. They went to St. Angela's uh, is, is uh, in, in grade school, mm-hmm. but what I found is there are plenty and, and an alarming number of Catholic moms that are pro-choice. Oh yeah, and well, we have yeah, a Catholic. I mean, we have a Catholic president who's pro-choice. Oh, you got we have, it. We have a Catholic you know, Speaker of the House who's pro-choice. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. these are Catholics. They brag about it. They would get their ashes yesterday. Uh, they go to communion. Uh, they're scolded yeah. in some cases by bishops who say you should not be receiving communion while you're publicly advocating for for the uh, the murder of babies. They don't phrase it that way, the bishops. But but yeah, no, you're right. Uh, being a Catholic does not necessarily mean you are pro life. Uh, and so what you're well, saying I, is I the dogma of the I, church. I, I, I would differ. I would differ with you on that. I don't think they're Catholics if they're pro. Uh, 
pro-choice. Okay, I, I really don't. Okay, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, I, we agree. I think we're phrasing it differently, but yeah, I mean, what I mean yeah. is, but when I say being a Catholic doesn't mean you're pro-life. Is what I mean is that yes, there are right. people who call themselves Catholics who are not pro-life. Um, and so right. your your clarification, I think, is important there. And then the second part I want to clarify about with what you just said, uh, Mike Gibbons, um, is with respect to the mothers and the babies. Basically, right. if I and and you tell me if I'm oversimplifying here, but I think I understand you, is that we can't be telling girls, young girls in particular, but women in general, um, you can't have an abortion because it's illegal. You can't have it because right. it's wrong. You can't be have it. Uh, you can't have it just because no, we just say the so. Legality of it. It is wrong. Right, but <laughs> right, but the legality of it—that's what I mean. It's wrong on the law. Right. Um, you're, you're basically saying we don't want you to want to have an abortion. We want to counsel and talk about the <laughs> exactly. the glory and the miracle that's inside of you right now, and and to make you want to have that baby by choice, not by force. Which is, I think, right. I think what you're what you're what you're saying that there's perhaps been mischaracterized. I think in this letter. Well, is you know, if you're a politician, you're supposed to say certain set words that you can't vary from. And you know, I'm not a politician, and uh, unfortunately, I talk too much, I guess. And uh, and and when you talk too much, you you open yourself for. Uh, criticism because you can misconstrue anything anybody says. But I've been I've been consistent throughout my life with this club. I was president of the Fathers Club at Magnificat. Uh, my daughter's uh, one daughter was in Right to Life. The other one was running around the soccer field and didn't do anything but that. But uh, in basketball. But uh, but you know when when my one daughter was choosing what extracurricular she was going to be involved in, I was I was uh, guiding her toward uh, you know the Right to Life. And uh, and I you know transported her to various activities. The Fathers Club had some tangential uh, association with with all this because we all supported right. um, you know pro life activities. And and I mean I, I I've never changed. And I was always the the one because I can't keep my mouth shut. I guess when there were conversations would begin at you know, at parent parties and whatnot, I was the one always defending a life position. And, uh, and, and, and I can tell you, there are a lot of, of, uh, mothers that I've met that, uh, that know very well what my position is because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't at all shy about expressing it. And, right. but, it's important. You know, and, I think it's and, important to note here too, yeah. Mike, I, I got to jump in because if I don't get, if I don't cut you off here, I'm not going to get the other questions in. Uh, but, but re- right. I think it's important to know you certainly weren't thinking about running for office when you were making all of those statements no, as your children grew not. up. Uh, this was what you felt. And, and that's important. I just want to hit one other thing, Mike. Uh, we're talking to Mike Gibbons, Senate candidate who is now leading. I said in some of the polls, I haven't seen them all. You clarified and said that virtually every poll that is out there now you are leading in. And perhaps that's yeah. why you're being targeted with this, this kind of, uh, uh, you know, attack. Um, the clergy also point out, and I'm quoting from their letter, that Mike Gibbons says he does not like Donald Trump and believes Joe Biden won the 2020 election. In 2021, Gibbons... <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish before you respond. In 2021, Gibbons stated he has not seen evidence of widespread fraud in the 2020 election. This year, he admitted that he would have voted to certify the 2020 election if he had been in the U.S. Senate at that time. Um, I never said that. I want to clarify that? that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, this election is, is uh, was, there's, there's incredible numbers of questions here. Um, 
all I've said is I want to see evidence that we can take to court, and I haven't seen that yet. I, I'm expecting to see some, by the way, this week out of, out of Wisconsin. But what I've always said is 5 million more people voted than were registered to vote, and I got that off the, the Census Bureau. Uh, you go to the United States Census Bureau, you'll find, you'll find the number of registered voters in the United States, and you will find that 5 million more people voted than were registered to vote. I want an explanation. Um, so do I. There are anomalies out there. You know, every single non-voting statistical anomaly uh, or, or voting statistical indicator, there's like 41 of them that are they're usually outlined. Forty of them indicated Donald Trump would win this election. There's too much out there that we should be- just accept the fact that this election wasn't stolen. What I've always said is, and if I get to the United States Senate, I, I, I assure you this, I promise this, we are going to get evidence that we can take to court. And, and but, but talk, you know, I've, I've listened to Dr. Frank. He's, he's a great guy. He's a great statistical guy. But statistics won't hold up in court. And that's all I've ever said. What about um, what about you know, what about are... the line, Mike? Just super quick. I've got thirty seconds left. I don't even have that, but hit it anyway. Okay. They claim that you said you don't like Donald Trump. Oh my! That is, I was his co-chair in two thousand six, state co-chair in two thousand sixteen. I gave him the largest personal donations I've ever given to a candidate. I was with him last week. Um, you know, this this is uh, it's it's pure unadulterated baloney. And Josh Mandel, I will tell you. Because I went to a fundraiser to support him. I never thought I was going to run for office until five years ago. Uh, or five years ago, I didn't know I was going to run for office. I made the decision after that. I, I'm tired of career politicians like Josh Mandel, who has never had a day in the private sector in his life. And, in you, in, in, you know, I've, been, I've now been exposed to why people don't run for office. I support Donald Trump. I support the America First agenda. I always have, never varied. Uh, in fact, uh, Donald Trump, uh, we've heard people say uh, that, that were with him that said Mike Gibbons is the only one that never said anything bad about me. So, well, you know, well, Josh Mike, Mandel may be trying to build his his uh, uh, rep with, with Donald Trump, but Donald Trump knows Josh Mandel was, was a Marco Rubio guy. <laughs> Mike, the uh, orchestra is playing us off the stage here, so we're going to have to depart on that. But <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I had Josh on yesterday. We always have good conversations. I know he's got a lot of strong support from a lot of conservatives. I know you do as well. I would hope that Republicans don't slink into the mud for this kind of thing. But if it's going to be levied by one I campaign, I would like it to be responded to by the other. So that's what I wanted to do in this case. So, well, thank you, thank you for doing that, Bob. Yeah, that's that's and what by I, the want. Way, I want. Everybody, plenty of pastors on my side here, Bob. Uh, and they're, you're about to hear their, their comments. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Mike Gibbons, thank you so much for the time. Uh, All right. We, we're, uh, Mike, you. real quick, I always let the candidates end with their website. Um, Gibbonsforohio.com. Thanks, what, Bob. Thank you, thank you Mike. <laughs> All right. Yesterday we got Josh's. Today we got Mike's. And tomorrow we'll have J.D. Vance's. We'll take a quick time out and wrap it up after this. Yeah, that's going to do it for this edition 
Uh, went a little bit long there with Mike, but I thought there was important information to get out there. It's a very frustrating primary race, uh, I think, for a lot of us. Uh, and I said at the very beginning, there's some really strong contenders in this Republican primary, and it's why I said I'm not going to issue a public endorsement on this. Uh, I like a lot of things about Josh Mandel. I like a lot of things about uh, Mike Gibbons. I like a lot of things about Bernie Moreno, who's no longer in the race. There are some good people in this race. There's no question about it. Um, I hate that it devolves into mudslinging politics. I don't like it. And uh, quite frankly, I think uh, the letter from the clergy there is uh, leaves a lot to be desired in terms of honesty and integrity. Uh, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. J.D. Vance will join us then. Thanks to everybody for being here today. Let's go, Brandon.